Out of Bounds. Triple M. What a season this next gentleman's had. First year back into coaching after a little bit of a stint off. Of course, we're talking about the HBO coach in John Bajetta. How are you, John? G'day, my fellas. How are we? Going wonderfully. Uh, as Craney said, first year back in coaching. You must have thoroughly enjoyed this year. Yeah, um, I mean, when you put yourself into these positions, you, uh, you, you're not guaranteed a success, but... Um, well, I wasn't going to put myself back in it if uh, we weren't going to have a crack at it, and uh, we've been lucky enough to get through to the last day, so up to now, everything's gone to plan. When you first started your pre-season, John, how far into the season when you, before you thought, hang on, I've got a seriously good unit and they're gelling very well? Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, when I took the uh, role on, I, I sort of analysed the list, and I mean, you don't know because... Uh, you know, you look at the year before, what other clubs have had, but you, you analyse your own list and you see where the guys are at and what you need to add to it. And um, I was fairly lucky. I've said this before. They're, they're young and skillful. They've had good development. Um, you know, Hawley done a pretty good job with them previously. And we just uh, were able to add the right mix. You know, we identified what we were short on and, um, you know, we targeted a couple of guys and, you know, and... After probably round six or seven, uh, we got through the guys that were going to be in the mix, so to speak, and uh, we were pretty comfortable where we're at. It was just a matter of um, keep maintaining and, and build you know, as we go through and keep the injuries away. And um, you know, we've been fairly lucky. You've got to have a lot of luck, you know. You, you, regardless of how good or whatever you are, you still need luck to play a fair part of it. And um, you know, it's, it's all fallen into place so far. So it's just one more, and um, fingers crossed it all goes to plan. Now, you've had a lot of grand final experience yourself, both of the, as a player and as a coach. What's the message you give to those players who are moving into their very first grand final? Yeah, I mean, they can get overawed. I suppose the biggest thing is not to play the game in your head on, you know, from Friday till Sunday morning. Um, Luckily enough, some of these guys, or most of them, <laughs> other than our probably most prestige one in Crido, they've all played in grand finals at uh, Colts Reserves level. Um, you know, Sean Bradley, a couple of Fletch and um, Undies have played up at Subi, so they've come through a fairly successful um, you know, regime up there. So, yeah, other than poor old Crido, um, the rest of them are probably used to it in a different way. Um, being the main game this week, maybe slightly different for them but uh, you know we spoke about over the last couple of weeks knowing that we're going to be there and no the group's on uh, pretty level terms with themselves so looking forward to it. Now speaking of Jess mate we had a little bit of a conversation the other day a bit was mentioned about he played AFL can you fill us in on that story in the change rooms? (laughs) Yeah the boys had a bit of a laugh I was sort of saying the thing about you know you get to the highest level and um, you know he's been there and done that and uh the guy said it doesn't count because he only played for the Dockers, so uh, that, that sort of brought him back to work. <laughs> Not going to hold that against him, but let's be honest, as a West Coast man, I'll agree with that. What's pleased you the most this year with the unit that you've had? Um, the biggest thing, I suppose, is, you know, at the start, there's a couple of things I put to the group. Um, there was one thing, I won't mention it, there was one thing I sort of laid out pretty bare to them and challenged them on. Um and they took that on board um, and we've worked fairly hard and they've stuck to what we wanted to do it was a matter of if you want to come along for the ride there's a, you know, there's things that we have to do um, 
and if you fall off, don't blame anyone else. That, that's that's a basic message, you know. As I said, if you want to be successful, you're not guaranteed of nothing, but if you want to try and have a crack at it, you've got to be fair dinkum. And to me, I don't see the point in, if you want to play a sport, you're going to go out there for two hours and get belted around on game day, so you might as well prepare yourself and have a decent crack. Mm-hmm. If you want to go and play for fun or whatever, go to a lesser league or play B grade or you know go and play marbles or something like that because if I'm putting in my time, I expect them to put their time in as well. I was half good at marbles just quietly, but anyway, craning off to you. <laughs> there you go. Now, Don, HBL and Eaton, you know, you've had some great battles so far this year, but HBL have just managed to come out on top. You must be pretty pleased with the way your boys uh, handle the pressure. Yeah, um, I suppose it's, it's, it's a lot of self-belief. It's something that we've been pretty big on, um, believing in what you're doing and, and what you're doing and doing well is keep believing in it and keep doing it. So, you know, we, we see teams at higher levels at, at the AFL and that, and games can change so quick. But if you start to panic, it gets away very quick as well. So it's just a matter of um, don't panic, don't get flustered, play to your strengths, and, um, you know, the rest will take care of itself. Now, there's a lot of talk about the potent forward lines from both clubs. I think we all mention that a lot. But, gee, both those defensive units are pretty tight in their own right, aren't they? Yeah, it's quite... Especially these days, you've got a lot of younger guys playing at our levels. Um, So to see some of the work that they do, and and that's across the board, it's not just in my team or uh, Brett's team. You you know, you look across the board and you you actually admire some of these guys that they um, apply themselves... Well, years ago, when I first started coaching, you had a lot of senior heads around and um, you just expected. But these days, you know, you've got to keep your cool as a coach because you see a mistake and you might see two or three from the younger guys. But the good thing is, I've seen across the board this year um, with younger squads that uh, sides haven't panicked too much. So, and I think you're going to see on Sunday, you know, both sides have stood up pretty well. So I don't think you're going to see sides go to water um, under pressure that easily. Now, mate, one more for me. There's terrific matchups all around the ground. Where do you think HBL will get the edge over Eaton this weekend? Um, I, look, it's going to take four quarters, and I just think um, our running ability on a nice hot day, um, I think that's been the key to the three meetings so far. We've, we've outran them at the end of the day, and um, I'm pretty sure that uh, we'll run hard for four quarters and... If they keep up, well, then well and good. It's going to be a great game. We cannot wait for it. Uh, HBL, of course, Eaton Boomers. If uh, you're a footy fan, it's the place to be. Get along to that on one. Sunday. It really, really is. John Bajetta, it's been a delight to catch up with you, not just today, but it's uh, good to have had you on throughout the season as well. And uh, if your team gets up, we look forward to chatting to you after the final siren. Just don't bring a bear out. I'll get in trouble. No, and that's <laughs> a fair point too, I'd have thought. <laughs> Out of Bounds, Triple M. It's only right that we cross to the other team and see what's going on with the Eaton Boomers. Oh, without a doubt. And I was just saying before, it's a great build-up as a coach. Yeah. The closer it gets, you make sure everything's in place. And we've got the Eaton Boomers coach in Brett Maguire. How are you, Mags? Uh, yeah, good, good. Thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat to us a couple of days out from the big game. What's pleased you the most with the Eaton Boomers side in 2019? Oh, just, um, you know, just a continual development. You know, the previous couple of years, they sort of changed the, the list a fair bit. And hence, it was a young group that ran around last year. And, and uh, you sort of get a little bit nervous of whether that will continue to develop. But, uh, yeah, the best, yeah, that's been the most pleasing thing is that we're 
continue to move in uh, in the right direction and get you know go a bit deeper into finals this year. So um, yeah, that's been the most pleasing thing with the group. Now, something I didn't know, you played for the Cardies as a youngster. Is that right, mate? Yeah, I, uh, I grew up out garden up, born up area, and um, my parents had a lot to do with the, the Cardies and um, and I. I I was living in the town of Bournemouth when um, Peter Betty was coaching Bunbury's league side, so I came in to play Colts at Bunbury, but went back and played, um, uh, you know, pretty much league footy for the first five or six years out 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 the Cardies there and sort of captain them and things like that. So um, yeah, played a played a few games for them. Yeah. So it must be pretty special that you're about to lead the Eton League side into the grand final. On a personal um, note, yeah, it is. It is. It's sort of one of those things that, yeah, as a kid, you know, uh, I went out to the Buena Oval for the our junior um, celebrations. There's 60th celebrations mid year, and we're walking around the Oval, and and it just brought back so many memories because as a kid, you know, I remember spending lots of time in the Oval and things like that. So it's just a bit of the the childhood stuff, plus being a player and then to be fortunate enough to go back as a coach. It's a, yeah, it's been a, a good little journey. So, um, now, yeah. I'll just slip back to last week for a little bit. Eaton, you had the game in the bag very early on. <laughs> very early. <laughs> <laughs> what was your comments to the players at half time? Because I'm mean, everyone in that room would have known they were going going into a grand final. How did you handle the half time break? Uh, well, it was interesting because the the, the guys at them are very focused on what they were doing. So they they were actually talking. Um, talking up that, that until that final siren goes, you know, so they weren't getting far ahead of themselves. And the, then the other part of my message was really, you know, you're trying to go into protection mode without stopping the game, and and hence why we didn't score anything in the third quarter because <laughs> we did go too far into protection mode. So uh, you don't have to tell us that. No, <laughs> we, we were, we were, we were well, sitting well. up in the commentary box. It was, it was, a, good, it was a good 22 <laughs> minutes trying to pad, but that's okay. Hey, yeah. um, in terms of the year, I know it's been, you know, on the field, there's been a lot of success, but I know off the field, there's been a, a few challenges here or there. In terms of galvanizing the side, what's that been like for you? I, it's a sort of, um, I think it's been, a, it's a journey because mm. at the end of it, you as when you first go into a club, you have, um, you know, people have their ways. And I suppose the, as a new coach and somebody new, they've got to get used to your ways as I've got to get used to their ways. And I suppose what I tend to do is just be fairly consistent with um, my rules and expectations. So, um, and I think that once the players get to know that I'm, you know, I'm fair and equal, um, that it just brings the group together because you know we don't get lost in our egos and things like that so it's very much a team and when I say team it's um, it, that's born up Cable Gardner Boomers you know it's, or Eaton Boomers it's um, where I just see it as one not as teams within the club I see it as one club and one team and that's you know cold league reserves women everything yeah. you know so there's no ego now about the second semi-final HBL versus Eaton was a great game of footy oh, yeah. to call but it was a very low-scoring affair. Did that surprise you, given the the forward line potency of both sides? Um, yeah, it, it did surprise because uh, you know, sort of the competition is mostly you know you, you win you could win with ten goals, and that's usually be, meaning it's going to be a close game. But I think the, in the conditions of the day and everything, I think we mostly all just expected it to be a bit um, of a free-flowing game. But there was a fair bit of 
there was a lot of intensity, a lot of pressure on the ball carrier, and, and it was a tough, it was a really tough physical game. Hence, I think uh, both sides just weren't able to get the the flow that they wanted. Um, yeah, so I think yeah, it did surprise in in um, in, in the scoring way, but from our defensive side, I, I thought that really stepped up from both sides. You know the. Um, so hence the impact of the score. Now, Eaton, you've uh, got a very versatile squad. You must be pleased with um, having that at your uh, your fingertips because you can throw people from one end to the other or, mm. or mix and match it um, and still not make you know a difference to how you're playing. Yeah, it's um, yeah. If you, you know what makes it easy as a coach is to be able to have that flexibility and. And, um, and you know, at the same time, you you want to maintain your structure. So, um, yeah, it's sort of been it, it's 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 great to be able to coach to have a side that has, gives you that. Um, I've coached sides when um, it gets really hard if you don't have that flexibility. And these days, a lot of the guys are um, are very versatile and with their where they play in their football and things like that. So, but it's certainly a luxury to be able to uh, flick a few guys around. There's no doubt in that. Now, mate, in the games that you played against HBL up until now, there's been a bit of a common theme where Eaton have been in front at quarter time and then HBL have worked their way back into the game. Has that been spoke about during the week? Uh, no, not really. Um, basically, haven't you know sort of really looked at it that close, but um, but just the you know general feel. Um, you know, we I think that in all games we sort of had. Yeah, we we know we've had the opportunities, and I and I think sort of we're very focused on this week and and more about what we can do um, because in, in all all games I think you know both sides will look out and say you know we've had our opportunities and and things like that and and I said to the guys last night about it I said the game goes for nearly two hours I said it, even if it gets down that we've got the last kick of the day and it's a winning kick that's all we got to focus on so. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. I actually didn't know that that um, we headed every game. I hope that's right, time, mate. Craney is always good for a stat on the odd occasion. Let's be brutally honest, but sometimes yeah, it goes a little haywire. Nah, hey. just yeah, no. Nah. And one last one for me. I asked exactly the same question to John Bajetta, the HBL coach. There are terrific matchups all around the ground. Where do you think Eaton will get the edge over HBL? Oh. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, that, that's a, a good one because you sort of look at the sides and it, and and as the scores reflected all year, they they've been close games. So it's mostly just gonna. I, I think it's it's gonna be tight all all round. Um, you know, I, I think our strength is our ball movement and speed. So I think it might be more in in a game style rather than a than positional. Because um, I think you know what why games of HBL have changed so much is that at the end of it, you know, you one round you might find that, you know, their mids are on top and then the next time their mids are on top or it might be just sort of individual brilliance. But in general, I sort of see it's across the ground rather than in, in the individual spot. Well, what we do know is it is going to be one of the best grand finals for quite some time, we reckon. Uh, we can't wait for it on Sunday. Uh, to you, Brett, thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat to us uh, just a couple of days out from the grand final. And uh, to the Eaton Boomers, we wish, of course, your team the best of luck. And if the uh, final siren goes and your team's in front, we look forward to chatting to you after the final siren. No worries. Thank you. Out of Bounds, Triple M. 
let us preview this weekend's grand final. Let's this get serious, Dan. going to be such a good contest. I mean, we sort of looked at these two sides as the best teams all year. We, You and I predicted that HBL and the Eaton Boomers were going to be the premiers. We're going to find out which one of us are right come Sunday afternoon. The Lions up against the Boomers, 2.30 starts. Where do you want to start with this one? Well, where I start with most games is I put where I think players are going to go and the matchups and try and find the weak links yep. in either side, and then you can sort of you can sort of pick who should win the game of footy. You know, mm. you never know with the game of footy, but yep. when I put these on paper and put the matchups together, these are the one of the best matchups I've seen for a grand final in a long, long time. Yeah, there's right. not too many. There's not too many weak links in each side. In fact, I'd go as far as none. And when you when you have a look at some of the matchups that could be running around the the grounds, I think the Brendan Page Jack Fletcher in the ruck, oh, as always, huge. is going to be huge. Yep. Uh, Jamin Gale does a good fill in job for um, the Eaton Boomers Indeed. when Pagey wants a bit of as well. Yep. But then you add Josh Bow, Ethan Maguire, and Graham Jetter into that midfield. Throw yep. them up against Tim Yaron. Now Tim Yaron's had a bit of an ankle problem, yes. so we're assuming he might play. Yep. Uh, Joshy Underwood, Jess Crichton. But if you look across the middle of the ground, you've got Ben Musitano on one wing, probably yep. a Saborn on another. And Joey Botello's been in great form Ooh, for Eaton yeah. Boomers. And Fazioli will probably play on the other wing, we're assuming. But just all those names I rattle off compare very well against each other. So leading into this, as you said, Tim Yaron um, had an ankle injury coming out of the second semi-final, so we knew that was the case. So interesting to see what happens there. Kristen Thornton uh, was rested for the second semi-final, so he's had another couple of weeks uh, coming into this grand final. He comes into the lineup. Who for? We're not too sure. And also coming into the lineup likely would be David Newman. Um, whether he comes in, if he does, good news. What are you thinking? Is going to be a yes or a no? Oh, he must be a 50-50, Dave Newman, yeah, okay. I think, because he's been out of football for a while. Yep. And, and we know John Bajetta's stand on injured players. Yes. He will not play them unless they get through a fitness test. We found that out with Christian Thornton in the second yeah. semi. He was he done everything in his power, but yep. he, John wasn't quite convinced, so he didn't play. But he comes into this side. And then on the other side of things, Herman Humphreys didn't play last week. Uh, he had a hamstring injury, so interesting to see if he comes into the lineup. Uh, you also had uh, Brandon Gregory come off with that uh, shoulder injury, it looked like, after he took an absolute ripper of a mark. Uh, he came off the game, uh, off the ground late. Uh, Matt Scott as well with a possible hamstring. He looked like he was running along the ground sort of in the second half, um, sort of doing warm-ups. Not too bad, but sort of jumping up and down seemed to be an interesting sort of um, well, when situation for him. So that. interesting to see how they actually do line up in terms of injuries here. On that Matt Scott one, when I first seen him do it, I thought that was a hamstring straight away. Yeah. But when he came out and started running up along the... Didn't the, look too bad all it, of a sudden. Yeah, so whether that was man management and mm-hmm. he just tightened up a little bit, he's yep. a, you know, experienced, played a lot of footy, has Matt Scott. So it'll be interesting. As you say, those the beauty of both these football clubs is they've got a great deal of depth. Oh, yeah. You know, if one misses out... There's going to be some unlucky players mm. in both these footy clubs that come through, and that's one of the coaches' worst jobs. It's absolutely horrific job yeah. to go and tell a player he's not playing. Um, but um, just looking over those these sides, you know the potency of both these forward lines. When you throw, we talked about Sean Bradley. You know, a great uh, mobile big man. Yeah. Chris Thornton, Tane Williams will probably play forward. Piper mm-hmm. and Stamp and Armitage for. For HBL, and then we move up the other end where you've got Brandon Jetta, who was in terrific marking form last week. Jared Humphreys, we all know the class of that mm. man. You know, and Mitch Kings is yeah. he might even play forward, and Heathy Ryder. Yep, it's been in outstanding form. So then you go back to the defence and match them up. 
and the defences on both sides are pretty good as well. So oh, exactly. I can't, you know, it's hard to find where one side's going to jump the other side. Mm. No, we can't wait. It's going to be an amazing game. As we said, we're live all day from 9 o'clock at Hands Oval. The league game itself starts at 2.30pm. So wherever you are, if you're in the southwest or if you're going to be away, uh, get the Triple M app or get to our website, triplem.com.au. You stream it live on there. Or, uh, as I said, if you're in the southwest, make sure you've got Triple M locked in. Out of Bounds with Daniel Leach and Alan Crane. Triple M. In order for the games to go ahead, you need umpires. And it is fair to say the umpires this year have been absolutely stellar. Am I right in saying that? Yes, they've looked the part. They have. They've looked the part. They've been outstanding. And watching the finals, it's one of those things, if you don't notice the umpires, it's a good thing. Um, I reckon the umpires have done an exceptional job. So let's talk to someone who is in the inner sanctum of the umpires. But I feel like we need something spectacular to bring him in with. Because as we mentioned, what is the title of this man? Look, I said before, I might have made a mistake, but I've got got it correct now. now. He is the chairman of the umpires board. So he's the chairman of the board. Chairman of the board. He's chairman of the board. Bring it on. Well, he's Frank Sinatra. I'm sure you knew. Oh, wonderful. When I bit off more than I could chew. Everybody. But knew it all. Oh. When there was okay, it goes on a fair bit. Uh, our very <laughs> Should own, I introduce him? No, our very own Frank Sinatra of the Southwest Umpires is Rob Witten. Hello, Rob. Yeah, good, thanks, guys. Thanks very much for having me. How often have you been introduced as Frank Sinatra? Uh, that's the first. Yeah, <laughs> and will probably be the last as well, but that's okay. Yeah, good. Uh, as well I me- yeah, probably. Um, as I mentioned, the umpires, I, it's so important to make sure that the umpires are out there. It is a long-term process to make sure that you've got the umpires out there every single week. Um, you must be so proud of those uh, guys and gals that have gone out there to represent the umpires all season. Uh, uh, we've um, increased our panel. got 135 umpires on our books now. I have to supply 90 a week. Um, for our games and yeah, everyone does a really good job and, and, and really proud of them and as you said, you know, if we're not seen we're doing our job properly mm. Now, um, I'll get on straight on to the grand final you know, like players, umpires strive for that grand final mm. spot how does, the, how does the, uh, the selection work for the grand final umpires? Yeah, we have um, it's very much the same as a football club we have a, an on-field coach and a boundary coach and a goal umpires coach that work through the year to select our our, our umpires on a, on a weekly basis, and then our full board of six meet uh, after the on the Sunday after the last game, start discussing, you know, who we think will fill those positions, and um and then we and then we watch them as the finals unwind, and and all our umpires that could possibly umpire in the grand final umpired last Sunday, so we had a really good look at all of them, and then and then after the after Sunday we we sat down as a as a group, and, and started going through the process to select who would uh, umpire the grand final. Yeah, I met with you just after that game on Sunday. You said mm. you were going to sit and talk about it. Uh, are they selected on the Sunday, or is that just the start of the process? Yeah, we, we made our selection last Sunday night, so so those selections have been been made. Um, you know, Of course, then we've got to go through the process to make sure everyone's pulled up all right, and everyone's fit, and, and, and all that, and then and then you've got to go and you know, handle those into the budget, and then we make our decision. Then we announce our umpires this Friday night at our um, at our annual presentation night, and you know that's probably the biggest prize of the night is the guys that actually get the get the get the league grand final. Uh, run us through that um, presentation night. Uh, what times it start and 
Are there awards handed out on the night? We have we have an award exactly the same as as, um, as a footy club. You know, we have a coaches award, and we have the you know the goal umpire of the year, and the boundary umpire of the year, and the field umpire of the year. And and um, you know, last year we we had a life member inducted. Um, you know, so we go through a, a process of, of things, and and then the last thing we do is we announce our our grand final umpires. Of course, the Bucks miss out on on the league might get the reserves or the Colts. So um, you know, it's a big night, and it's a pretty exciting night, and and um, but they're not ready for, for Sunday. The relationship between the players and the umpires, do you reckon it's it's been at a good level this year? Yeah, we've been pretty happy as, as an umpiring group. We've been pretty happy the way um, that we've been been accepted and, and respected. And, you know, um, respect both, works both ways. Mm. You give it and you take it. So, but no, it, it, it's, it's the minority of blokes out there that give you a hard time. Most of them are pretty good and just go about their footy in, in the way that their coaches want them to. Most of the ones in the, in the crowd just, you know, tell them to sh- turn around and shut up and give it a crack yourselves. But well, anyway. I've been around for a couple of days and I have never, ever seen an umpire change his mind when a yes. player goes off saying, oh, sorry, Cobber, yeah. you got that right, hang exactly. on. But, um, One day it may just happen. It may just Who happen. Now, um, uh, I'd like to hope that they don't. Yes, good point. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> now, just yeah. during the year, do, do the umpires have social functions? Sort of, do they get together and um, just have a good time? Um, yeah, we do. We have about three or four through the year, but this week is probably our biggest week. Like we train Tuesday night, and it was our family night. Um, everyone wore their, their club colours, as in what AFL club, and then they, and they brought their kids as well. So we had about 40 or 50 kids running, the, running around. And then, of course, we have Friday night. And then after the game on Sunday, we all meet again and, and have a barbecue and a few beers to sort of wind down. So this week's our really social function. But we are pretty social. I mean, we're no different than a footy club. We like a, a coldie if we can after a game and uh, discuss footy as, you know, we're all just football lovers at the end of the day. Yeah. The reason I asked you that, because... Uh, the more people we can get into the umpiring fraternity, exactly. the better off. You know, it's a great way to keep fit, but it's also, it can be financially rewarding as well, can't it, Rob? Oh, absolutely. Our budget, the Southwest League budget is $235,000 that we pay to have our umpires um, umpire our games throughout the year. So we put a fair bit of money back into the community and, and yeah, I mean, for, for young blokes who want to run the boundary or you know, people that are interested in footy and, and want to run around with a whistle and a medal, we're more than happy to get them to come to train and, and get on. You know, we're, we're really keen. The more we can get, the better. And the, probably the beauty about that, there's something for all ages, isn't there? You can mm. be a young fella or you can, and all levels of fitness. How do they go about it next year if they want to get involved? Oh, all you need to do is just have to um, speak to Simone and she'll put you in the right places and, and we'll get you down to training. We're pretty keen to get any age group involved and I think the 14 is about the youngest kid we got running around and I'd sort of think about 70 is our oldest umpire so um, we've got a fair range of um, fair ranges of people and girls and boys it's, uh, it's a certainly a mixed group that we got there. I reckon there'd be some uh, people that are glad that there's now three three field umpires unlike the uh, good old days when there were just the one field umpire because the game has gotten really quick all of a sudden it's got a lot more technical um, uh, the three that go out there in terms of say the the, 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 uh, the league umpires the field umpires on Sunday it's a very very coveted thing so uh, we wish them all the best of luck for this weekend and Rob uh, to you pass on our best to the umpires because they've done a stellar job in 2019 we really think that uh, they've uh, taken it up a notch which is great to see uh, thanks for joining us we wish uh, the, the, the the whole umpiring fraternity the best of luck for Sunday yeah.
So that, and can I just add Triple M for the sponsorship that they actually give our umpires? I don't know if people know, but we wear the Triple M logo on our sleeve, mm. and, um, and you guys signed a three-year contract with us as a sponsor, and we're really appreciative of that. We're appreciative of the fact that you broadcast footy on, on a weekly basis, and the fact that on... Um, but on Sunday that you broadcast from 9 o'clock is, is really much appreciated by everyone involved in footy, and I thank you very much for it. Oh, Rob, check in the mail, Rob. mate. Absolutely always a pleasure to uh, make sure that we I get... I have to get out of bed early, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, what a surprise, eh? <laughs> Rob Witten, the chairman of the umpires board in the Southwest Footy League, joining us here on Out of Bounds at Triple M. The local word on sport, Out of Bounds. Triple M. There are two other grand finals going on this Sunday, so let's have a quick little look at them. You and I, we're going to get there early. Yes, we are. Are you going to be okay? Hundred percent. You're going to be okay. I'm for excited. A grand start? final day. I'll be up at six. Oh, okay, right. You're going to help me set up then. Absolutely. Oh, you are. Okay. Well, in that case, we got to we got to get that thing up. That. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Maybe yeah. that's a word to the show. Can you make it a little bit easier access <laughs> up into the commentary no, box? No, no, no. I need to talk to our engineers and give us a better, better, you know, not just this huge, massive box we need to take with us. But anyway, that's a different story. Uh, the Apprentice and Traineeship Company Colts Grand Final, Bunbury versus South Bunbury. Real, I mean, the Colts Grand Final is always one of the absolute standouts because you've got these real hungry youngsters that are going out there, not just playing for a premiership. But a lot of them are also, you know, thinking that they'd like to play at waffle level, some that are already playing at waffle level, but some that would like to play at waffle level, some that might be knocking on the door of possibly playing AFL down the track. This is a great day for them to stand up and, and be counted. And the two sides going out there, Bunbury, of course, looking for three in a row. And you're probably looking at this side from last year, half of the team from last year in this side this year. Well, South Bunbury, since round 10, they've only dropped one game. They've had a really, really good run. Their run home has been very good. And I've actually done some figures on the amount of players at South Bunbury that played league footy. Yep. They've had a year. heap, haven't they? So they've had a heap going through there. I think it's something like 11 or something like um, that. You're just going to have two, a quick three, count four, now. Five, six, and Bunbury have had a few go through as well. So that's going to hold them in good stead. 14. As you said, Bunbury have been on top of the ladder. But South Bunbury and Steve Bilsich aside, it's just um, at the last end of the season, they've just taken it all before them. Mm. Interesting uh, uh, fact there that Steve Bilsich will be coaching against his son Max. How cool is that? Oh, that's, that, that's um, a, it's a strange thing, but it's also a real cool thing. I wonder what it's been like during the week. I wonder what the household's going to be like Sunday night. Uh, that's a good point. I don't think many of them are going to be home on Sunday. The, probably, obviously, the, the winner's going to be probably celebrating. The loser's probably going to be... It's a tough gig. It'll be tough oh, to course. coach. Um, Absolutely. But I know Steve Bilsich is very, very passionate, and he's done a terrific job with the South Bunbury boys, so... Oh, look, I'm looking forward to the Colts game. Yep, I am as well. I am as well. Uh, that's going to start off at 9 o'clock. And then straight after that, 11.45 is the bounce down for the Solar Heart Southwest Reserves Grand Final. Uh, so obviously we'll flow in from the Colts into the Reserves Grand Final. Aaron Evans and Nigel Reeve are going to call this game. And we were sort of sitting there watching HBL play last week against the Eaton Boomers. Five goals up halfway through the third quarter, and I said it was done and dusted. You called early, didn't I you, I did Dan? call it early, and then the Eaton Boomers just chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, almost snuck the win. But I think a lot of people got surprised by Bustleton beating HBL a couple of weeks ago. Big masterstroke from Greg Hodson. Yeah, what he's done, he's got them playing very constructive footy. They're yep. very structured in their setup, and um, it was a bit of a surprise because everyone thought it was going to be an Eaton HBL grand final. Mm. So when HBL dropped that game, yep. it was a magnificent game of reserves football last week against HBL and Eaton. And looking forward to the same sort of thing on what should be a great, you know, a nice, fine day without too much win, which uh, uh, Bustleton are like that, I think. Um, for Bustleton, I, I, I talked about the coach, Greg Hodson. He's been at grand final day before. 
uh, coached the side to their win, I think, in 2012, did he not? Yes, he coached the Bustleton yeah. side to in a that, grand final. Uh, in that, in that uh, replayed grand final, yeah, by the, the way. Yeah, exactly right. So he knows what it's like grand final day. That's going to be a big plus for Bustleton having a coach like that going in there. Absolutely. But look on the HBL side, yeah. too. They've got a lot of experienced players. Reserves at HBL have been perennial finalists, having that grand mm. finalist on on that day. So, you know, there's, once again, there's some... These are two completely different sides, too, in the way they go about their footy. So, I, I guess grand final day, the beauty of it, mm. it all happens in a two-hour stint. You can have... You can have just a terrific day or you can have one of those days where it doesn't work out. Excited just a little? I'm pumped. Absolutely. I love grand finals. I love finals footy. It's going to be amazing. As I said, we are live at 9am on Sunday, starting off with the Colts, following into the reserves and the league grand final, all live here on the Southwest's Triple M. The latest on sport in the Southwest. Out of bounds. Triple M. Yeah, we've been lucky this year to have a wonderful uh, representative for the Lower Southwest Football League join us every single week. Absolutely blessed. Ridden through the highs and the lows of the Dean Mill Football Club and also, of course, the great competition that is down in the Bridgetown, Manjimup and Pemberton region. Last week... He was sitting in between you and me. Notice he was in between you and me. He was not just sitting next to you last week. No, no. We um, made sure we positioned ourselves <laughs> well, and I kept an eye on him. But, he, um, he did a very good job in our call of the Lower Southwest Football League Grand Final. And by the way, if you want to hear the call, uh, it's up on our uh, catch-up section at triplem.com.au in the Out of Bounds section as well, might I say. Uh, this man has been sensational to us all year. Nigel Reeve is with us one last time. Hello, Nigel. Good afternoon, boys. How are we going? Going wonderfully. Um, we're going to touch on the lower Southwest footy in just a moment. You're going to be joining us grand final day for the Southwest footy because you're going to be uh, helping to call the reserves grand final with uh, our man Aaron Evans. Um, you had a bit of a look-see at the two sides, had a little bit of a look and see who's going to come out on top in this one? I haven't had a look at Bustledon, I must be honest. Mm. I did speak to their coach who... Uh, He's a sort of semi-old friend of mine from the footy days way back when on, on Sunday, so it was good to speak to him. But I did watch the reserves game. It was a ripping game too. So yeah. Eaton got out. To, Harvey, sorry, got out to about four or five goals there through the third quarter and, and then Eaton come back and, yeah, just hung, and Harvey hung on to win by a couple of points. It was a really good game though. Just on that old mate of yours who coaches Bustled and he's still got the same hairstyle, Weaver. Oh, no, he does. <laughs> the only thing is the colours change, crony. That's yeah. all. Other than that, he's exactly the same bloke I remember from many years ago. Beautiful silver <laughs> bouffant going on. I am looking forward to you um, getting some pronunciations out there and I look forward to you calling number 16 for Bustleton, Leopoldo Malavisi. And I'm told he's quite the uh, talented player as well, so I look forward to that one. Um, very quickly, before we go... Any... Smithy, I reckon. Yeah, just go <laughs> Leopoldo. Leo Smith, that'll do. Uh, before we go any further, what I loved about Grand Final Day last week was obviously going into the to the Bridgetown sort of uh, uh, club rooms afterwards. Obviously, it was quite jovial there. We uh, bumped into one Steve Holdsworth. We did, Dan. Uh, the president of the Bridgetown Football Club. We had a very interesting story to tell about uh, an afternoon where you might have come up against him and may have just uh, swung a little bit of a left or a right his way. Is that Accidentally right? Accidentally said. Oh, sure, yeah. He ran into my arm, he did, and um, I apologise for it. <laughs> it was a very long time ago. We were both fierce competitors uh, on the field, but uh, get on quite well now. So, uh, yeah, that was a very, very long time ago. It cost me a week <laughs> uh, and, and deserved all of that week. It sounds memory. like he's still got a very vivid memory. Very vivid memory. I think he was yeah, saying he was in his mid-40s when he was out there on the footy field doing that as well. 
Yeah, not that day he wasn't in his mid-40s. No, okay, right. But, um, yeah, no, we both have memories. We don't bring it up very often, but um, I'm happy for him to bring it up before I do. And then I think <laughs> you've got a bit of a history with John Bajetta. Here I am thinking you were the nice guy of football here, Nigel Reeve, but it turns out you've been a bit of a feisty one. Oh, not really. I think I played for a long time, so I crossed paths with a few people. But John <laughs> came down, I think it was early 2000s or late. 1990s, roughly, and uh, coached and played for Bridgetown. So he did play for Southerners. Yeah, he did. Uh, The reserves won a premiership there with his son, I think. So, uh, yeah, look, he was a good player down here. He was was a bit feisty as well. So... um, a bit feisty yeah. to describe John Bajetta. That's yeah, an that's, yeah, And I'll tell you what, his son's playing in the league side indeed. this weekend. Yes, all, he is if indeed. he gets a spot. Jordan Bajetta, indeed. He'll be going for his third uh, uh, coaching premiership, wouldn't he? Yeah. He's, right or not? Yep, he's coached Kerry yep. Park in, I think it might have been eight, 2008 and 2009. Yeah, and one of those so, yep. was an undefeated season as well. So, mm, yep. good record. Yep. Let's see yep. how he goes. All right, let's talk about Lower Southwest uh, Grand Final Day last week. It really was a sensational day. Uh, the Colts put on a cracking show. Imperials getting the win in the end. Yeah, they did. And, and Tigers, uh, they were gallant in defeat, I suppose. But they just didn't have enough uh, avenues in attack. Uh, Liam Edwards kicked four out of their five or six goals. So, they just needed someone else to, to pipe up. But... He's had all the answers. Uh, Tim Myers won best on ground, so well done to him and David Horn and, and the coaching staff at him. So he had an undefeated season as well. So Tigers ran into within a couple of goals in the second semi, and then it was about 20-odd points in the grand final. So Ince were the strongest team all year. So, yeah, well done to them. And, of course, your good self, you were out there. You were doing a bit of, um, a bit of umpiring for that game? I was. I was doing the goals uh, with my good mate Johnny Kilroy. So we had no dramas. I was straight through the middle. So that's always a good thing. Congratulations. Well done. No controversy, Weaver. No No controversy. Sometimes in those close games, you think it's going to come down to one of those decisions. But the crowd uh, didn't get the concrete mixers going or the the (laughs) shotgun. So I was pretty happy with that. (laughs) Uh, The Reserves Grand Final. Uh, This was a pretty good contest as well. Bridgetown probably, you know... um, in sort of, what am I saying here? Bridgetown after halftime got back into the contest, but Damiel got the jump real quick in this one. Oh, they did. They came out firing and got the score on the board, but Bridgetown just wore them down and probably halfway through the third quarter. Bridgetown hit the front and uh, were never headed again, so they had probably five or six guys that probably uh, would play league in any other club. But, uh, yeah, well done to... Uh, Levi Rowan, I think, is head coach. He kicked a nice goal there towards the end from outside 50 just to put the icing on the cake. So well done to them. And they, they just showed uh, the depth that, that is at Bridgetown at the moment because their Colts only missed out on getting into the grand final. So they got a big future ahead. Had a good chat with Levi. As yes. said, former, uh, well, we played a lot of junior footy against him yep. when the kids were growing up. So um, he's thoroughly enjoying his time down at Bridgetown. The good thing is there's a lot of depth, not just at Bridgetown, but there's also depth at your club, Dean Mill, because as as we said, they made the Reserves Grand Final, also made the League Grand Final. And uh, in the League Grand Final, geez, I said, said before, 19 points does not um, show how close this game was the entire game. It was a really, really sensational contest all day, but Bridgetown getting the job done. Yeah, they were. And just before we move on to that, just congratulations to James McAlinden, who won the best on ground yes. in the Reserves Grand Final. So well done to him. Played a ripping game. But yeah, now the league, for three and a half quarters, it was really tight. So it just proved that uh, D-Mill were as good as Bridgetown up until that stage. But Bridgetown just had all the answers and, and got two or three goals in a row in the last quarter and, and the margin, 19 points. But yeah, it was a terrific game of footy. Do you know something that stood out to me, Weaver? I know... 
I think one stage you said a bit of drizzle was going off the ground. I would have called it teeming rain, but <laughs> but the skill level in those conditions was uh, oh, yeah. was great to watch. Oh, it was. And we talked about the rain during the call, Crony, and, and I didn't think much of it. But in hindsight, I think it did hamper D-Mill um, probably more than I than I thought, um, just with the skill and the run-wise. But there was a great game of footy. And, and the experienced guys, especially Craig Wolf, I thought his second half was outstanding. Aaron Dow, these sort of guys, they just stepped up and, uh, yeah, got bridged down over the line. And you're right in that... The 19 points there, but that was very much towards the end of that game, That's wasn't right, it? It was yeah. still halfway through that quarter. That was anybody's gig. Yep, exactly it was. And it was a brilliant game of football. And Bridgetown, as I said, deserved to win the uh, uh, both the league and the reserves. But to Dean Mill to get both sides into those grand finals as well. There's a lot of depth in that side too. And to uh, the people behind the scenes at Dean Mill, I think they should be very happy with the way their season has gone once again. And, and Nigel, uh, actually, Crane has got one more thing before I go. Okay, you hurry up then. Go on, go oh, on. Oh, just to support. Of Dean Mill and all the, all the um, coaches yes. and the players down there. When we ring them up, there's no dramas to get nah, on there. So exactly. to David Paul and everyone else down Indeed. there, thank you very and much to, for your support. And to Nigel Reeve, who's been an absolute superstar for us with his previews every single week for the Lowest Hours Footy League. We've absolutely loved having you on this show once again this year, Weaver. And we look forward to having you in our backyard for the Southwest Footy League Grand Final Day on Sunday. Can't wait, mate. No, I've had a blast this year, guys. And, yeah, it's a bit out of my comfort zone Sunday, but, uh, yeah, look forward to it. Out of Bounds, Triple M.